0: Hi, welcome to Beef Cattle Institute's Cattle Chat. I'm happy to have you with us, and we're happy to have a great crew here to discuss today. Good morning, Bob. Good morning, guys. Philip. Hello, guys. Brian. Morning, Brad. And we have Dr. Kai Poehler as a guest today. He's an associate professor at Texas A&M. He does a lot looking at fetal developmental programming, reproductive physiology. Good morning, Kai. Good morning. So we're happy to have him with us because we've got this sponsored by Estratech. is this episode. And the Estrotech breeding indicator, if you want to find out more about it, you can go to Estrotech.com. But we're going to talk about some repro decisions today, especially for this time of year. What do we do to prevent pregnancy loss? as well as our culling decisions. And we're thinking culling decisions beyond just pregnancy. And then we're gonna wrap up talking a little bit about infertility versus pregnancy loss. How would I know the difference between those two? We're happy to have Dr. Polar with us. He, he works in reproductive physiology. Kai, tell us a little bit about you.
1: Yeah,
2: so uh, I'm at Texas and m do a uh, do a lot in regards to beef cattle management from a pregnancy loss, uh, reproductive management point of view. And you know, one of the things that that we consider is you know looking at both the cow side and the factors that cause pregnancy loss or infertility on the cow side, but also pay close attention to the bull side as well, and and things uh, that we can do from a management point of view to, to decrease loss and and make more money is is basically what it comes down to.
0: Excellent. We're glad to have you on. And interested to get your opinions and. The first thing I'm going to ask you guys opinion on is maybe not cow related, but because we're in football season, we had a flag football game on Saturday morning that my fourth grader was going to. And just as we were walking out the door, my wife had made breakfast burritos and there is nothing better on a cool fall morning than having a breakfast burrito to eat in the truck on the way to the game. So I wanted to ask you guys, if somebody's making you a breakfast or you're going to have something breakfast at home, doesn't have to be on the go What's your go-to breakfast meal? And I've already taken the best one: breakfast burritos.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I like breakfast burritos, but you know, I like those breakfast skillets with like the eggs and the potatoes and and stuff all mixed together. Those are I don't make those at home because they're way too much work, but <laughs> those, those are really good.
3: Well, so we had a, We had a long-time family tradition of pancakes on Saturday mornings. So we did we did pancakes, and uh, and then you would throw in you know eggs and sausage and other stuff too. But it was pancakes for breakfast on saturday
4: morning uh yeah we we do pancakes but uh sausage and gravy sausage biscuits and gravy is the kind of if i don't have to eat it on the go obviously that's not great on the go but um if i've got time sausage biscuits and gravy Kai.
2: yeah you know i'm just thinking with uh with young kids and young family I, I, i'll take anything right i mean I'll, just, <laughs> I'll just survive and, and uh even make it out the door so <laughs> we'll take anything at this point
0: yeah and they make the they make those quick ones that you can get the pancake on a stick, which looks just like a corn dog, but I'll say you don't want to get those two things mixed up because it's a very different once you take that first bite, if you're expecting corn dog and it's that or vice versa. So keep those in different sections in the freezer from personal experience. Mm -hmm. So let's talk pregnancy loss. And and I'm going to think about, and I'll frame it for you guys as at pregnancy test, we're usually at mid gestation. So I want to talk about what causes pregnancy loss as we lead up to, let's say this, even the sixth month of gestation. What are some of those causes and how often does it happen? And Kai, I'm going to turn to you first and, and tell us a little bit about, are there some specific timeframes where our causes of pregnancy loss may differ?
2: Yeah. So if you, if you look at pregnancy loss, it really happens in two major waves. And the first wave is from for the time of fertilization to getting to somewhere around day 30 of gestation. Then you have another blip of pregnancy loss that's a lot less from about day 30 to day 75. Then once you get past day 75, if pregnancy loss is occurring, most likely occurring from either some type of acute phase stressor or, or some type of disease insult to the herd. And, you know, I think the other thing to point out is that pregnancy loss isn't new in our herds. We're just doing a better job detecting it, which I think is good, right? And we can manage something that we can detect, but it's not something that's just creeping up and coming out of nowhere in, in what we're seeing.
0: Okay, Bobo, I'm going to ask you to follow up on what Kai said is early- that pregnancy loss is more, because we're, we're talking about, and sometimes we don't even measure that, but we're talking about between conception and something goes wrong. Give us a feel for what more means, what type of stuff's going wrong, and as Kai said, it's, it's not new. We're just finding it.
3: Yeah, and, and I think one of the things, there's maybe two points I want to make, is a certain amount of pregnancy loss is, is unavoidable just because of the complexity of biology. You're talking about taking a sperm and an egg, putting them together, and trying to make a whole new calf and think if you were if you were an engineer or a construction person there's a lot of places where things could go wrong uh, and and those are going to show up as you know so some, so when i say a genetic problem it's not a genetic defect it's just the complexity of biology that If we don't get a good start, if you don't get the construction project started pretty well, you know, in that, you know, maybe by day 13 or 25 or 30, that, that pregnancy ends. The good thing is those cows usually come back into estrus in a pretty timely manner because they hadn't invested a lot yet and we can get them bred a little bit later. I, I prefer my cows to get pregnant early, but it's not, um, it's not a permanent problem, but it does delay when she actually does conceive. And are the bulls still out there? Is the breeding season over by the time that happens? Those are why that cow might turn up open. Uh, and so that I, I'm, I'm agreeing with Kai that early on, uh, a lot of those are probably unavoidable. And then you get into, well, some of them probably are avoidable if we you know, really made sure the cows are in good body condition, made sure that you know, we've removed stressors and things like that. There's a few of those that maybe are avoidable. But in that early phase, um, some of that is just the price of being a mammal. And some of it is avoidable.
0: I just think of all the things that I've put together. And at the end, I have pieces left over. When I'm following directions, just like just like is in the genetics, you're following directions. You're like, and sometimes those pieces that are left over are important. (laughs) It turns out that they are. And so it doesn't always work. So would you say, give me an idea. I have cycling cow. I've got a fertile bull. They have a mating and the sperm and egg come together how often is that going to result in a viable pregnancy at beyond day 60
3: I'll, I'll be interested to see what Kai says I tend to think that we're in that 60 to 70 percent success and and I, I base that on some research that's been done and and just watching how cows breed up in in cattle herds I think that 60 to 70 percent success and that includes both those those components of unavoidable and then a little bit of uh, things that we could have done
0: kai does that does that number yeah, make sense yeah, I to agree
2: you? With you there. Yeah, I agree with you there, Bob. And one thing that, you know, as you increase the level of complexity, so if you go from bull to AI, to time AI, embryo transfer, you're going to increase the amount of loss of, of the, the inefficiency in the system because there's more going on. So, you know, 60 70% in a bull breeding is, I think, completely normal. If we get something like AI something around 50
3: yeah, percent. Yeah, I'm, I'm tracking know, I, with you.
2: Yeah I think that it's kind of you increase the complexity of the technology you're going to increase the complexity of the timing what, what has to happen and and there's inefficiencies that come into play.
0: Yeah and I, th- and I think we're, that's the early on part and we talked about some of those maybe genetic or unknown and then after that day 60 kind of w- what's our expectation for the percent and brian i'll turn to you what's your expectation for the percent of losses after that point that would be kind of expected we're we're still going to have some
4: yeah so so we're saying and kai mentioned earlier you know once you get past that window now we're talking about stress events or infectious diseases that we think are somewhat preventable or predictable right and so barring those events you know it's very low. It'd be like, you know, one to 2% probably. So we, you know, once you get past that initial fertilization implantation, the biology is moving correctly, everything should move forward. So, so low, low after that point.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think you, you mentioned that early on it's those genetic or unknown reasons and, or just the complexity of biology, which I think you described well. And then after day 60, you still could have a pregnancy loss because there could be a genetic defect that didn't show up till later. There could be something else that happened. But if it gets above that 1% to 2%, you really need to investigate. And we're going we're gonna to talk about that investigation as we think infertility versus pregnancy loss. The other thing I wanted to talk about preventing pregnancy loss, and, and Kai, I'm going to come back to you to ask, what are the – we know that stress can cause, have an impact on how many of those pregnancies that we keep what are some of the really critical times if we started at conception and we went all the way through to calving what are some of the really critical times to avoid stress if you could pick one or two
2: yeah i think if you can avoid stress from really from day seven of gestation till once you have a basically a fully formed placenta maternal fetal connection around day 45 i think that's ideal and you know, those stressors include things like transportation stress, uh, nutritional stress, so drastically changing diets from sort of dry lot to pasture. Also, you know, we, we need to be um, aware of, of heat stress or and in, in factors like that that might come into play um, and try to, uh, we can't manage those, but we can sort of not work animals in the peak heat of the day, um, those type of factors. <laughs> One thing that I, you know, I hear all the time from producers that, you know kind of like to get y'all's feedback on as well as how how about preg checks is that stress from preg checking can that drive pregnancy loss and and you know I always give the answer if we're handling the animals in the appropriate way we're not working them in the peak heat stress point of the day that's not going to necessarily drive pregnancy loss unless you have kind of people that don't know what they're doing. Uh, in that situation.
3: Yeah, I would agree. I think there's there's even some research work that's shown that um, that uh, you know, coming in in a palpation or ultrasound pregnancy diagnosis isn't really going to cause uh, pregnancy loss and, unless unless things really the wheels fell off, you know, something really unusual happened, but just that, you know, cattle that are handled well and and partly when we say stress, many times stresses are relatively short and moderate in intensity. And cattle can handle that. What they can't handle is either really high acute stress or kind of prolonged stress. And just gathering cattle, working them for a half a day, and turning them back out—that um, kind of stress. I mean, cows are designed to handle that, and so that's not going to really cause a problem. In, in uh, like I say, unless the wheels fall off and something really goes. If off. it's
0: if it's uh, a little bit warm on the day you peg check, you're okay. If it is above 90 plus for two weeks before and after
3: it's a lot different scenario yeah and that's one where you kind of re re re-plan and say maybe we'll do it a different time
0: well i want to follow up on the preg check loss real quick is the timing matters so if you're doing early pregnancy testing you guys just told me at less than day 60 i'm going to lose i'm going to lose some of those pregnancies anyway if you're doing it at mid gestation i don't expect to lose very many that research would tell us that doesn't change much whether you preg check them or not so just take into account when if i'm doing really early preg checks I don't expect all of those to necessarily make it today 60 anyway, so, but we have better tools to detect. I want to switch topics, and I want to talk about this one because I think it is – we're talking about pregnancy testing, and often we're going to make culling decisions. We've talked about it before, and I've asked Larson what his top culling criteria are, and he gives me a list of five things, and they're all listing that she's open, right, which is not helpful. Yeah. But let's, No, that is helpful. <laughs> so let's say in this scenario – I have to do further culling because of either drought, lack of resources, and I have to cull beyond the open cows. I want to ask you guys, what should I prioritize? And I'll throw out a couple things. And, Philip, I'm starting with you, and then we're going to go to Kai. But I have to prioritize, should I cull young cattle or older cattle? Should I cull early bred versus late Bread. should I call based on the quality of the calf that I see from last year so making some assumptions of genetics milking ability and some of the other stuff I'll I'll start there Philip what are give me some things that you would prioritize I have to dig a little deeper as I'm calling
1: I think you 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 mentioned those as either or like three or four different categories but I think it's more complex than that or, or putting those categories together so you know one of my first ones might be a you know young like a a young heifer or a first calf heifer that got bred late in the breeding season because her chances of staying in the herd for a long period of time are a lot lower and so you know that might be one that's fairly high on my list because and i can sell her with for pretty good money because she's young and she's bred but she doesn't fit my calving season very well, and, and so and
0: just her age doesn't make her likely to stay in the herd. It's age plus pregnancy status. I like how you described it. Is it's a combination of those traits. Kai, what what about you?
2: Yeah, you know, I, I would try to to get an an idea of what my average age of my herd is, and and make some decisions based on sort of as you look. For, you know the next couple of years, what your plans might be. But I, I think that you know I, I would more stock into my my younger animals at this point and I think if you you look at you know market potential of what cold cows are bringing and also what the what the heifer market might be, you might be able to you know invest a little bit in those those young cows which which Philip just mentioned. when you calve them, if they calve a little bit later, we might be able to put some nutritional resources into them from money that we generated on some of these coal cows. Uh, to, to get them back in an appropriate calving window um, and decrease the age of our herd. So um, to be able to, you know, look toward the future and where our productivity is going to come from.
0: I like what Kai is saying. It depends on your herd. So if I already have a young herd, probably that stuff doesn't matter as much. If I've got an older herd, I don't want to make them even older by calling off my, my young end,
3: Bob. Yeah. I think there's, I, I, I kind of liked where Philip was going and it maybe pick out the worst of each of those categories so the very latest calving cows they go the uh very oldest cows maybe they go and and so maybe i'm gonna and and you love it when i do this i'm gonna say it, all of the above or it depends but i'm really trying to get um let me answer so you call the open ones i want, I want to get that in i tend to want to call the ones that are late bred but I think you can put other criteria in. If, if I'm having to cull a little bit deeper than just opens.
0: If you, if you have to cull deeper, you're, what I hear you saying is, this is silver lining, your chance to make the herd you want to have.
3: Yeah, it kind of is. I right, mean, let's, so pick the cows.
0: The other one that we have not talked about, which I think is important, and for a couple reasons, cow size. Mm-hmm. We haven't even addressed cow size, right? So all of those other criteria, big or little, what do I want in my oh, herd nice. long term?
3: And I'll throw in one more, just cow you don't like either she's oh she's
0: already gone she's, she's on already the open work list
3: with. yeah <laughs> or or you know she and, and again I don't typically call just on calf performance alone but this is a time where if she brings me a dinky calf even if she's bred early she might drop down a little bit farther where most years I would have kept her
0: this is not the year to be a little extra snarky in the shoot right
3: <laughs> <laughs> it
0: doesn't take much at this point we go oh hair trigger I saw that side eye yeah you're out of here
4: Brian? I mean, I guess my answer is yes. Because, I mean, I agree with everything everybody said. I'm going to kind of add on to what Kai said a little bit too. And I, I I, think what we're all saying is it's more complicated than just an either or on, based on one category. You're, You're thinking about multiple things. But the other thing I would add in is do – and I know this is not predictable, but do you think we're going to have to do this again next year, right? Because it might be I'm resource-limited – now, or, you know, maybe I'm, maybe I'm thinking about getting out of the cattle business over the next few years as you know, from tax implications, I'm not just going to disperse, but you know, I'm on, it might do this again. How do I maximize what I'm getting each year by selling cows? Or is it, I think maybe the drought's a couple more years and then I'm going to start building back again. And then I might prioritize different characteristics. So I think I agree with everything everybody said, but it's not just a, this year decision necessarily it might be a this year plus next year plus the year after that
0: so if i'm hearing you guys correctly i I like this perspective is philip said don't single trait select kai said no you're heard because the decisions vary bob said you it depends (laughs) <laughs> Brian said you're, you've got to have a long-term vision, right? You've got to see where your herd is, which is sort of what Bob said too. Make the, make the herd that you want as you're going forward. So I think really good input on those guys. The last topic I'd like to get some input on in, in a little bit different scenario, we talked about causes of pregnancy loss, and there are a couple big reasons. If I put them in big buckets for causes of pregnancy loss, one is infertility. So that could be male or female infertility. She just didn't get bread. Two, we had higher than expected pregnancy loss. She got bread and then she lost it. I'd like to know if we're here at preg check time, how can i differentiate those two and kai i'm going to start with you first
2: yeah you, you know i think the the important thing when you look at these type of situations is to rely on good records within a herd and you know most of the time when we when we need to fall back on records it's the first time we realize that maybe we don't have good records mm-hmm. and so this is sort of an encouragement to or sort of a, a nudge to everybody to start to keep the best records that we can and when you sort of look at it you can look at sort of your distributions of pregnancies, okay, to see, you know, all right, if I I had some type of reproductive management program, what was my success to the AI? How early are my pregnancies from the bull breeding? How normally are they spaced out? You can start to evaluate those things, and then you can kind of look to see, okay, when did the pregnancy loss come into play? Is it between these windows that we've talked about now? Is it sort of in normal areas or is it not? And do we need to start to look at look at it from a disease point of view? Now, I'll just drop this point here because I think it's really important. We get so caught up in talking about weaning weights uh, birth weights, all these other factors, but yet pregnancy, if you look at it from an economic point of view, is five times more impactful than any other trait we select for in a in a cow-calf operation. And it's pretty simple. Why is that? Because we get paid from Wean calves, right? So you got to have a, a pregnancy to get a wean calf, and I think that's important to consider as we think about infertility uh, in our herds.
0: Kai, you just made friends with Larson, who mm-hmm. is doing. I've never seen him dance like that in the studio. <laughs> that when you talk about the importance of pregnancy, but if you can stop dancing, can you? Ch- you want to mm-hmm.
3: chime in on this? Well, I want to start with. We need to have two reproductive physiologists every time. <laughs> every time we have a podcast, <laughs> I, I feel like that maybe that would help even things out. So, so I totally agree. Getting cows pregnant is. I mean, that's the driver of income. Um, expenses are important, and I look to to fill up. You know that um, you know managing our nutritional cost is really important, but but reproduction drives income, and so at preg check, a lot of times we're preg checking around six months of of pregnancy or so, and a lot. And and I liked what Brian said earlier. You know, if I get above one to two percent losses of pregnancies after that first sixty days or so, there's that that shouldn't happen. There's something going on here, but oftentimes those losses. You know they, they really start at about fifth month of gestation, so fifth, sixth, seventh month of gestation. And so if I'm preg checking it at six months of gestation and it's truly pregnancy loss, a lot of times I can detect that when I'm palpating. Is Yes, I call her open, but she feels like a cow that was pregnant two weeks ago, three weeks ago, and I can still detect that because it was a relatively large pregnancy. If every cow that I preg check at six months that is open, that tract feels like she's never been pregnant, I'm going to assume that she was never pregnant or she lost it really, really early. And so one of the, my, my rule-outs is I actually, when cows are open at preg check, if there's no evidence that she was recently pregnant, I'm kind of biased towards she never got pregnant. And so I start looking at bull fertility. I start looking at postpartum interval. I look at body condition at the time the calving was. And another thing that Kai said is I like to ask the question, who is open? And by who I mean, which age category is it? Cows that calved late? Is it is it cows that uh, that that are young or that old? Something like that. So I want to and I, and I gotta have some records and I can determine some of that at the shoot. I can I can mouth her. I can tell how old she is or whatever. But I want to know who's not pregnant and start finding out if there's a kind of a a little bit of evidence there of what the problem is.
4: So I will say that five to six month preg check is really hard sometimes to differentiate infertility versus pregnancy loss. And, and honestly, infertility might be a little bit easier just based on the number of animals. like, if it's a large, and especially if it's male infertility, right? That, that probably is the easiest one to say, this is a fertility issue, Let's go back and check this specific. Meaning, right? if there's a lot of open cows, if there's a lot of open cows, male infertility <clears throat> is way up on the list, very high on the list. So, but if you have, and and I agree with Bob, if it if it's a cow that got pregnant and had a, a midterm abortion, right, I can sometimes detect that at preg check. But if it was an earlier abortion, and maybe she's not bred maybe the bull was pulled and she just never got bred those are tough to sort out or if she's very early bred we won't pick those up so sometimes it's really hard and and even when you get a large number of cows open it's not a bull issue you you can have some you can have some inciting events where either infectious disease or we talked about heat stress earlier you can still end up with a large number of cows open so just because you have a large number of cows open doesn't necessarily mean it's infertility but that's usually the way i start to lean yeah i totally agree
0: brian and, and i think you guys talked about a six-month preg check the earlier you preg check the better i'm going to be able to differentiate some of those i want to emphasize one of the things kai said relative to looking at that calving distribution can be really important and it ties right into what bob said is Break that calving distribution down by pasture, by sire, by age, and you can figure out and learn a lot. Lots of good reproductive discussion today. I really appreciated the input. And Kai, we appreciate having you on. This episode was sponsored by Estrotech Breeding Indicator. and You can find out more about it at estratech.com. And as always, if you have questions, topics, or things you'd like us to talk about, send us an email at bci at ksu.edu.